The votes are in and the people have spoken. Thank you all for electing me your new mayor in our fair media town. Thank you so much to all of you who came out on election night and really stuck it to the man. And together, we are going to build an audience and a coalition that can rival the greats. Thank you so much again. And for those of you who are saying, wait, what? I don't remember voting for this guy. Don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. You did. You may not remember, but you totally did. And you did it for you. So, first of all, I would like to first establish what I plan to do as your mayor. Now, Media Town, as you can see from looking around you, is on fire. And for good reason, many people are unhappy with the current status quo, and we elect to change that. I'm going to be doing a lot of news coverage on this channel. It is primarily meant to be a kind of political commentary on the daily news. I haven't yet decided if uploads will be daily or not. That will be decided later. But I also plan to do a film review and analysis with various co-hosts and other forms of media, video games cultural analyses etc etc but the meat of our mandate here is the news and keeping abreast with it because things happen every single day and some news stories are more important than others and a lot a lot of stories fall through the cracks i want to provide a lens for those of you who feel like your news stories are falling through the cracks so today we're going to be doing a few stories on the democratic race and then a few stories on Canada's ever-growing problems with Justin Trudeau. And some days will be more focused on a particular event. Some days will be more focused on a particular person. Some days you might have specials dedicated to one particular individual. It just kind of depends on the news cycle, how I'm feeling. Right now, I'm actually feeling quite sick. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I am incredibly sick right now. But the people demand a change. And I I am here to give it to them. And with that bit of housekeeping, let's jump right into the news. Late last year, former President Barack Obama, you know, the one before Trump, had apparently made comments to the effect that if Bernie were to run away with the nomination, he would step in and quote, do something. A move that had pundits on their knees as some kind of trumpet blast through the clouds would have the ancient Hebrews on theirs. Conversely, he had the electorate the actual voters, feeling quite the opposite. Regardless, so far he has maintained a personal radio silence, only coming out to quash those leaked comments about him doing something. Aside from that, the ex-president is playing this race rather close to the chest, as I think he should be. I don't want Obama waiting for anyone, not even Bernie. Not only does Bernie not need the endorsement, many in the base would decry it as well, and rightfully so. But that was then, and this is now, and Barack is once again in the news, this time seemingly swung the other way, with another one of these what I have to assume are calculated leaks. Now he seems willing to support whoever enters the convention with a plurality of the delegates, not necessarily a majority, and I quote, Obama is going to look at the delegate math to determine the outcome. If the math brings someone to the nomination, he'll back it in full. This coming from someone allegedly close to the former president talking to the New York magazine. His biggest dilemma is if Bernie is at 35 to 40% of the delegates and no one else is at 20. You have to go with whoever won the plurality of delegates and who looks to be the frontrunner. All this according to some guy, I guess. But 
They're talking to New York Magazine, so I trust this source completely. The person continues, it's not going to happen before the convention, but he's going to be all in for Bernie if he's the nominee. Now again, Bernie does not need an endorsement from Obama, and he certainly doesn't need any favors. Obama supporting him with merely a plurality, or simply pledging to honor the voters is just playing fair, which this primary has been anything but. Now, my personal feelings on Obama are incredibly complicated. When he was elected president, I was not yet officially a teenager. Most of my puberty was spent during the Obama years, and he represents what I consider to be a simpler time. Yet, as a jaded adult now, I can see the neoliberal nature of his policies. Yes, some were good, don't get me wrong, but some were horrific and did in fact lead to the conditions that generated a... Trump. Maybe one day I'll do a full episode just on Obama and what he means to me in my weird epoch of history. So shifting away from the neoliberal Barack Obama, we move straight to the oligarch himself, Michael Bloomberg, who's moving in from thumbing the scale to putting the entire weight of his bank account on it. Michael Bloomberg has qualified for the Nevada debate simply by drowning people in ads. Oh, and you know, buying the DNC and having them change the rules to allow him so when he wouldn't do it for lesser candidates? You know, that too. The problems with Bloomberg are numerous, obvious, and he is dangerous. He is racist, sexist, cruel, and again, an oligarch. I don't think I need to say this. It's obvious and anyone paying even half the attention they should knows this. The Nevada debate is happening tonight and while I doubt any of the moderators will ask Bloomberg anything too difficult, Sanders needs to attack him. He needs to hit hard. Bring up stop and frisk. Bring up his friendship with Trump. Bring up his horrific policies other than stop and frisk. Bring up how Bill de Blasio has spent years reversing Bloomberg's influence, thus proving his policies as ineffectual as well as evil. Bernie needs to go on the offensive, something he has had trouble doing in the past. It would be nice if the mods and maybe even Warren also jumped in, but I have little to no expectation of that. It would be nice though. Shifting once again from one disease to the next, in coronavirus news, and some Canada news as well, according to Public Health Officer Theresa Tam, evacuees from Wuhan, China who had contracted the coronavirus seem to be stabilizing and are no longer exhibiting symptoms. This means that the over 200 passengers who arrived in early February will be able to leave by the 21st entirely healthy. Canadian health officials were able to monitor the effects and provided accurate countermeasures, bed rest, and isolation which begs several questions, least of all how the disease has infected 67,000 people within China's borders and with 1,500 deaths and climbing. Xi Jinping has been cracking down on information about the virus more than the actual virus itself, including refusing foreign aid. But don't worry, Trump said by April the virus will die of heat stroke or something, so I guess that's okay too. And for our final story of the evening, moving on from one American idiot to a Canadian idiot, much like in America, Canada faces its own neoliberal out-of-touch establishment. Ours just has a pretty boy face and comes in various colors, Justin Trudeau. He remains in trouble for his ho-hum, lack-of-action action regarding the construction of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. The line is said to be going through indigenous land not owned by Canada, but a native population that Trudeau just 
kind of forgot about, like an award-winning Game of Thrones writer. His approval of the pipeline back in the summer of last year has been met with consistent and heavy resistance, both on the ground by the Liberal base and even by politicians within the Liberal Party, and certainly by the NDP. This issue, for as complex as it clearly is, still has only one right answer that can be arrived at a multitude of ways. And the answer is, and wait for it, don't build the pipeline. For one thing, the land they intend to use is not Trudeau's to sign away, though that has not stopped him from attempting to weaponize the RCMP in order to kill massive amounts of the Wet'suwet'en people so that Trans Mountain can have their pipeline. The other issue is Trudeau's pesky little environmental commitment. You know, these pipelines burst, they preach environmental destroying waste, there is simply no plausible reason to have them when the planet is already on the precipice. I cannot stress enough that entire people are being massacred to clear the land for this pipeline. Human lives are being thrown away when I guess anything to feed the machine. So today we have seen four different stories and I just want to say that this news cycle is utterly depressing, but it is not hopeless. We've seen that Obama is actually willing, potentially willing at least, let's not get ahead of ourselves, potentially willing to support Bernie Sanders, and if he can drag the rest of the party along with him to that position, that would be great. We also know that the coronavirus is treatable and isn't this massive epidemic that it is being made out to be in the mainstream media. It simply requires effort, which a lot of world leaders just aren't putting in, especially President Xi. The sad thing really is that watching America slip into a full-on oligarchy and because of America's influence on Canada, I can only imagine that businesses here are looking to America as a kind of model to follow on how to make more money. And the pipeline is proof of that. They are making moves and they are trying to overtake our democracy, even in Canada. The supposedly true north, strong and free, the we're morally superior to you Americans, but you know, we'll kill when and tons of people for a pipeline but moral superiority keep hanging in there guys we'll get there someday and maybe bernie sanders is how we do it i mean if america is going to influence canadian politics bernie sanders becoming president would empower many people in canada to feel i guess allowed to vote for our version of the Socialist Party here, which is the NDP, and they are led by Jagmeet Singh, a democratic socialist himself, who is often right on many issues. I'll have to do an episode on him. I might have to do an episode on the entire Canadian political landscape because it's not like America's in the least. First of all, we have three major parties and plenty more besides. But that will do it for now. I may tweak the formatting a little bit as we go on to get the episodes longer, because ideally I would want them to be about 20 to 30 minutes. So for now, this is more or less a proof of concept that this podcast is happening. And I want to thank everyone who listens and joins us as we grow and expand our coverage and our topics. Again, no confirmation either way on this schedule yet. It might be daily, it might be 
two times a week, three times a week. It depends on the quality of the stories, what I'm able to get done, because I do work a night job for now. I'm hoping that with enough support, I'll be able to quit that job and fully dedicate myself to this and transition fully into podcasting. But until then, have a good night and good day, and remember to watch this space.